Father in heaven, we thank you for today's work. Thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word, Lord. July 18. First Chronicles 16, verses starting with verse 12 to 27, verse 34. Heavenly Father, give us ears to hear and eyes to see what your word tells us in the spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you have magnified your word above your name, Lord. And thank you, Lord God, that you promised, Lord God, to, to work out our salvation, Lord. We thank you that we're working it out, Lord, and being good students of the word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, these divisions for the gatekeeper were named for their family leaders, and like the other Levites, they served at the house of the Lord. They were assigned by families for guard duty in the various gates without regard to age or training, for it was all decided by means of sacred laws. The responsibility for the east gate went to Meshelemiah and his group. The north gate was assigned to his son Zechariah, a man of unusual wisdom. The south gate went to Obed-Edom and his sons were put in charge of the storehouse. Shop. Pim, Chapin, and Hosea were assigned the west gate and the gateway leading to the temple guard duties were divided evenly. Six Levites were assigned each day to the east gate, four to the north gate, four to the south gate, and the two pairs at the storehouse. Six were assigned each day to the west gate, four to the gateway leading up to the temple, and two to the courtyard. These were the divisions of the gatekeepers from the clans of Korah and Merari. Other Levites led by Ahiah were in charge of the treasuries of the house of God and the treasuries of the gift dedicated to the Lord from the families of Libni. In the clan of Gershon, Jehiel was the leader. The son of Jehiel, Senham, and his brother Joel were in charge of the treasuries of the house of the Lord. These are the leaders of the descendants from Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uzael. From the clan of Amram, Shebuel was a descendant of Gershom, son of Moses. He was the chief officer of the treasuries. His relatives through Eliezer were Rehabiah, Jeshiah, Joram, Sikri, and Shalamah. Shalomot and his relatives were in charge of the treasuries containing the gift of King David, the family leaders, and the generals and captains, and the other officers of the army had dedicated to the Lord. These men dedicated some of the plunder they had gained in battle to maintain the house of the Lord. Shalomot and his relatives also cared for the gift dedicated to the Lord by Samuel the seer. Saul, son of Kish, Abner, son of Ner, and Joab, son of Sariah. All other dedicated gifts were in their care too. From the clan of Ishar came Cananiah. He and his sons were given administrative responsibilities over Israel as officials and judges. From the clan of Ebron came Hashabiah. He and his relatives... 1,700 capable men were put in charge of the Israelite lands west of the Jordan River. They were responsible for all matters related to the things of the Lord and the service of the king in that area. 
Also from the clan of Hebron came Jeriah, who was a leader of the Hebronites, according to the genealogical records. In the fortieth year of David's reign, a search was made in the records, and capable men from the clan of Hebron were found at Jazer in the land of Gilead. There were 2,700 capable men among the relatives of Jeriah. King David sent them to the east side of the Jordan River and put them in charge of the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manish. They were responsible for all the matters related to God and to the king. This is the list of Israelite generals and captains and their officers who served the king by supervising the army divisions that were on duty each month of the year. Each division served for one month and had 24,000 troops. Josh Holbeam, son of Zabdiel, was commander of the first division of 24,000 troops, which on duty during the first month. He was a descendant of Perez and was in charge of all the army officers for the first month. Dodiah, a descendant of Ahoa, was commander of the second division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the second month. Miklot was his chief officer. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, the priest, was commander of the third division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the third month. This was the Benaiah who commanded David's elite army group known as the 30. His son, Ami Zabad, was his chief officer. Asahel, the brother of Joab, was commander of the 4th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the 4th month. Asahel was succeeded by his son Zebediah. Shammah, the Israelite, was commander of the 5th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the 5th month. Ira, son of Ikesh from Tekoa, was commander of the 6th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the 6th month. Heles, a descendant of Ephraim from Pelon, was commander of the 7th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the 7th month. Zibbikaiah, a descendant of Zira from Hushash, was commander of the 8th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the 8th month. Abiezer from Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin was commander of the 9th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the ninth month. Maharaiah, a descendant of Zira from Netophah, was commander of the 10th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the 10th month. Benaiah from Piraton in Ephraim was commander of the 11th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the 11th month. Helid, a descendant of Otenel from Netophah, was commander of the 12th Division of 24,000 troops, which was on duty during the 12th month. The following were the tribes of Israel and their leaders. Reuben, from the tribe of Reuben, Eliezer, son of Sikri. From the tribe of Simeon was Shephatiah, son of Makkah. Levi was Hashabiah, son of Kemu. Aaron, the priest, Zadok. Judah, Elihu, a brother of David. Ishakar, 
Omrir, son of Michael, Zebulun, Ishmael, son of Obadiah, Naphtali, Jeremoth, son of Azrael, Ephraim, Hosea, son of Azaziah, Manasseh, West, Joel, son of Padash, Manasseh, and Gilead, East, Edu, son of Zechariah, Benjamin, Jaziel, son of Abner, Dan, Asariel, son of Jeroham. These were the leaders of the tribes of Israel. When David took his census, he did not count those who were younger than 20 years of age, because the Lord had promised to make the Israelites as numerous as the stars in heaven. Joab, son of Sariah, began the census, but never finished it, because the anger of God fell on Israel. The total number was never recorded in King David's official records. Asmabet, son of Adiel, was in charge of the palace treasuries. Jonathan, son of Uzziah, was in charge of the regional treasuries throughout the towns, villages, and fortresses of Israel. Isri, son of Kelu, was in charge of the field workers who farmed the king's land. Shimei, from Ramah, was in charge of the king's vineyards. Zabdi, from Shebham was responsible for the grapes and the supply of wine. Baal-Hanan from Geder was in charge of the king's olive groves and sycamore fig trees in the foothills of Judah. Josh was responsible for the supplies of olive oil. Shetri from Sharon was in charge of the cattle on the Sharon plain. Shabhat, son of Adaliah, was responsible for the cattle in the valleys. Obi, the Ishmaelite, was in charge of the camels. Jehdeiah, the Meronath, was in charge of the donkeys. Jasis, the Hagarite, was in charge of the king's flocks of sheep and goats. All these officials were overseers of King David's property. Jonathan, David's uncle, was a wise counsel to the king, a man of great insight and a scribe. Jehiel, the Hakmonite, was responsible for teaching the king's son. Ahitopel was the royal advisor. Hushai, the archite, was the king's friend. <laughs> Ahitopel was succeeded by Jehoiada, son of Benaniah, and by Abiatar, Joab, was commander of the king's army. In our modern eyes, okay, the first chronicles, in our modern eyes, today's study, these names with their hometowns or answers seem like quaint details that are otherwise meaningless, but look more closely. Obiel was descended of Ishmaelite, the banished older brother of Isaac. Ishmael's descendants were openly hostile to Israel. Descendants, Genesis 16, 12. Jassiz was a Hagargite, descendants of Abraham's banished concubine Hagar. Relations between Israel and the Hagrites were usually hostile. The tribe of Reuben battled against them repeatedly. Azap, the psalmist, asked God to curse the Hagrites, Psalm 83. Hushai was the archite from Canaan, Genesis 10, 15, 17. God instructed Israel to eliminate the Canaanites from the Promised Land, Deuteronomy 7, 1-5. Men like Obil, Jassiz, and Hushai Reveal some things of God's grace. Exodus twenty twelve forty eight, Leviticus twenty two eighteen and nineteen. 
They were foreigners among God's people. More than that, they were in the top tiers of power. They were once foreigners to God's grace too. Ephesians 2.11, we were. We lived in the world without God and without hope. But now all of us can come to the Father, the top tier of power. Ephesians 2.12.18, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's families. Amen. Ephesians 2.19. Beautiful. Okay, today we're going to read on Romans chapter 4, 13, 5, 5. And let's read the study first. Abraham's life was marked by mistakes, sin, and failures. He tried to make God's promises come true by having a son through Hagar. He lied to Abimelech to protect himself. Abraham also showed great wisdom and goodness. When he parted ways with Lot, he gave Lot his first choice of land, and when the Lord came to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham pleaded on their behalf. But Abraham was not condemned for his sins, nor was he saved by his good deeds. Abraham consistently trusted God. When God told Abraham to leave Ur, Abraham listened and obeyed. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. Hebrews 11.89 When God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham trusted God and obeyed. This is why God counted him as righteous. Abraham never doubted that God will fulfill his promise. Trust is an attitude and an action. It is the attitude that drives the action. Trust is an attitude and an action. It is the attitude that drives the action. Trust. Our trust in God's promise compels us to act upon God's commands. If we don't have to get it right the first time, we don't have to get it right every time. Abraham didn't, but at the heart of our actions should be an attitude of trust and obedience. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 4, 13, verses to chapter 5, verse 5. Clearly, clearly, say clearly. God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham, for Abraham is the father of all who believe, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there were no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God said to him, Those that how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age he figured his body was good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew strong and in This he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. Amen. 
And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Amen. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privileges where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Amen. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength and care of character, and character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Amen. 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 Seek God's wisdom, commit yourself to obeying Him, trust in His protection. Amen. So that's what our point. Our point is obedience and the promises that God has given us, the promises that are up in the air. We praise Him and we thank Him and we act as if. Hallelujah. Attitude, actions, praising Him and thanking Him for things unseen. Okay, Psalm 14, 1 through 7. Only fools say in their hearts there's no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to the Lord. Terror will grip them, for God is with those who obey him. The wicked frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord will protect his people. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When the Lord restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel shall rejoice. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When the Lord restores his people, hallelujah, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Proverbs 19.17, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and He will repay you. Amen and amen. Blessed be the word of the Lord. It's gone forth today.